Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I'm Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Star Trek Season 1, Episodes 11 and 12, it's the Menagerie, Parts 1 and 2, full spoilers for the episodes as always. So, we actually took a week off, uh, which wasn't planned, but because we had to do a double and it happened to fall in the same week as a Netflix show hitting that we had to binge watch our way through... Uh, it got pushed, but it ended up taking a week off. This is something that may happen when things get busy. This is the sort of thing that can take a week off. But here we are. Two-parter. Mm. Menagerie, parts one and two. This is the notorious two-parter because about 60% of it, 70% maybe, is actually the original pilot, the cage, yeah, being reused. Uh, and that's kind of what makes up a lot of the episode. Uh, so the main gist of this one is that Spock... It's basically because Spock was in the original pilot. Leonard Nimoy yeah. wasn't in, in that pilot. So the way they repurpose it here is that this was like years before he met Kirk, 13 years ago. Him and Commander Pike or Captain Pike went on this mission to Talos 4. And since then, Pike has become disfigured and injured and he's in a wheelchair. He can't speak. He, he can beep once for yes, twice for no, and that's about it. And Spock breaks rules. He breaks Starfleet protocol and basically commits mutiny to try and get uh, Captain Pike back to Talos 4, even though it is completely illegal. It is the only place that's out, completely outlawed for anyone to go, and is the only place, it's the only rule that will still incur the death penalty. Yeah. Just to sell how extreme this rule is. It's the only thing in Starfleet's entire rule system, not death penalty. Yeah, it's, it's pretty harsh. So that's, that's the gist of it. And while they're on the way there, Kirk, Kirk and another uh, sort of... Uh, High up Starfleet Commodore. officer. Commodore. There you go. There's the rank. They basically have a court martial. Now, the ship's on track to go there, so they're going there no matter what. But while they're on there, they're having this court martial, and Spock shows them essentially footage from the pilot. I mean, it's been beamed from the planet, and it, ma- it makes a bit more sense when you realize the people behind beaming it, how it works. Yeah, it's really weird for the first especially the first little bit where it starts outside the Enterprise. And it's like, yeah, how did they get this footage of this? But I like that they questioned it as well. Yeah. Like like in the show Kirk and the Commodore, they're like, wait, this this doesn't make sense. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of smarter shows have not done this where they've not questioned. Now, admittedly, this, the shows I'm thinking of and the, the moments I'm thinking of, it tends to be a couple of quick little edits to make me go, wait a minute, why is that footage edited? That shouldn't yeah. be it, right? Whereas here, this is full on, look... Here's an establishing shot of the ship. Why? Yeah. Why? Because before they start talking about it, I'm like, wait, is this supposed to be like the ship's like cameras? Like, I'll buy, I'll, I'll, let, I'll suspend my disbelief so much. But why is it a shot of the ship from the outside? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but no, they question it and they, they go into it, and uh, so, and then from there on, like the last like third of the first episode, and like most of the second episode is the is that original pilot again, uh, and it explains why he's doing what he's doing, and that's how we. We get to the. I think it's uh, overall, regardless of the the quality overall, I think it's a fantastic way of repurposing footage that otherwise would be just binned. Uh, yeah, I, I I half agree. I mean, I, like, like it doesn't always completely work in its execution, but I I admire the effort and the 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 repurposing the story and what they did with it. it... I'm conflicted because I actually the first time I ever saw the cage, I saw the cage. Like I saw it as a, its own episode. I did too. So when I got to this two part for the first time, and perhaps even more so this time, I was really feeling this weird fatigue of, like, okay, so we set up 
that that's the backstory of this episode is the reason for what's going on in present day. Okay, fine, right? I, I can mm. I, I can jive with that. But when we get to the point where they're just watching the footage, and every so often it'll pause and it'll come back to the, the court martial with you know Kirk sitting there and the Commodore yeah. sitting there. And they basically just start questioning things. They go, oh wait, so why is this? This is happening. This is shocking. What was? And mm. it almost just feels like this, this scene only exists to remind us that there's actual present day stuff. And it just, yeah. it feels, I don't know, I'm like, just get on with it. You're almost drawing out the length of the original pilot by inserting these yeah. relatively pointless scenes in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was a bit frustrating for me on this watch specifically. I, I agree. The stuff that's intercut is like that. The, the before and after, though, I particularly like in the way it utilizes the pilot as a as an in-universe story. I like I like the before. My favorite stuff of this two part is actually in the first half. Yeah, uh, I like because basically Spock fakes that he got a call to go to this space station, this planet, uh, so that he can get Pike yeah. and some of the officers there, the Commodore specifically starts questioning, saying, well, we didn't send out a message, is it possible your first officer's lying? I like that A, Kirk is adamant, no, he's my first officer, all I need is his word, I trust Spock. Mm. Right? I like that in terms of like just the camaraderie, the the, the friendship, but even yeah. more than that, even once like, Kirk sees enough evidence to question it himself, and he brings it up to McCoy, I love that McCoy, even more than Kirk, is like, are you mad? He's Spock. Yeah. Don't be, and even though he specifies, he specifically states it's because he's Vulcan and he can't do it. I'm like, no. Nah. Part of me believes that this is McCoy sticking up for Spock. This is this is as much yeah. of a friendship. Even he's not, even if he's not going to admit it, I can see it in his face. This is mm. what this is about. Do you know what I really like about this bit? Uh, Spock has these recordings of Kirk basically giving orders that that he uses and he plays back to to basically go, "Hey, I'm in charge here." Yeah, it's basically Kirk saying, yeah, by the way, I'm going to be busy, so uh, listen to Spock, and then Spock yeah. will, can just give his orders. <laughs> but then there's the ones where he's doctored it, and it sounds like he's giving a message to, to McCoy. Mm. And he's like, hey, trust Spock, I, he knows what he's doing, I've, I've given him my word, you just don't, you didn't have the clearance or whatever. And it plays with, maybe Kirk is in on this for quite a while. Yeah, you, you're not super sure. Uh, I do think, obviously, once you find out that he wasn't, and Spock specifically made sure he wasn't, just in case, if this went bad and he did just get like yeah. tried for treason and mutiny, that you know it would just be him going down. <laughs> Kirk yeah. couldn't be also uh, culpable, so uh, you can you can respect that. I, I think I, so. I like the first half. I do. I think my main problem with it is that the the dragging out of the footage by the intercut bits does make it feel like the whole thing drags and I don't know if it needed to be two whole episodes it feels like one and a half it or does. a bit less would have done uh, it does because it feels like they used the entirety of the original pilot where they could have edited they could have edited yeah. that down yeah they could they could have cut that down quite a bit maybe not to fit one episode one episode may be a little bit much but it definitely feels especially the second half that second yeah. episode the second part just feels like it goes on forever with them constantly cutting back to the footage and then back to the room. And at one point, it, it turns off. And the first time it turns off, it's because, oh, Pike's uh, not up to it. He's feeling weak. He's, he's fatigued. We have to reconvene later. But there's a second time when it turns off, and they even question why is it turned off. And uh, they're basically saying, oh, Spock, you're guilty. The, the evidence is no longer presenting itself. We're just going to have to deem you guilty. And they all say he's guilty. And then, including Pike, which was... Particularly weird. weird. Uh, well, well, I guess it, technically he was guilty. 
Well, I think I think that just ties into the whole because we find out at the end of the episode that the Commodore is uh, an illusion because that's yes. part of the, the the plot from the pilot is these these beings can create illusions. So you could argue that this guilty thing is just to drag it out more. Yeah. Also getting there, I guess that's maybe the only thing I can think of. But the, basically, like we we cut to another scene and we just hear the comms go, "Oh, we're near, nearing Talos Four. Uh, more messages coming in," and then it starts playing again. And I was like, "Well." Why, why did it turn off in the first place? There was no reason. It, it never no, gives us a reason, does it? It just comes back. It, it's almost just for an excuse to have some present day scenes before the pilot continues again. Which was particularly weird, given that it didn't feel like it needed an excuse really any other times. It just cut away when it wanted to. Yeah, yeah, and just have them comment on what they're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a little bit strange in the sense that when we find out it's just like being beamed from them, you know, the, the, the beams. Yeah. The Talosians, I believe, is the official word for them. Uh, it's like, how would they know when to pause? Like, Spock's not controlling the footage. Uh, yeah, in the first part, he does at one point say, "Continue," as if he's like saying, "Play." I, I guess. Yeah, just... I mean, I mean, they can read minds as well, though. So uh, maybe, yeah, I suppose just maybe Spock's to him. T- like going, "Hey, pause it now." Ah, essentially, okay, fair, fair. I mean, I mean, obviously, we never see that, but that's it's the closest I can get. Uh, the actual backstory, the actual pilot. Uh, as 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 in the in this episode, is so back when Pike was commander of the Enterprise, they land on Talos Four because there was a distress beacon. Uh, one one of the things I thought was weird is there was some stuff before they actually go there where he's deciding if they should even go, uh, because uh, there's no actual evidence there actually is survivors of this like wreck here. Yeah, and there's like stu- stuff with him and his doctor, and I'm like, that's could have all been cut of this. Like we don't need yeah, this. Yeah, that, 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 that made it sense. That that made sense to have in a in a pilot. Yeah, you're because you're interested in the characters. Is, it, yeah, interesting the characters setting up the relationship between him and his doctor. But here it was just pointless. Yeah, there was like literally you could have just started with them landing in the planet. Done. That, that's a good five minutes cut or whatever yeah. it was. The, the easier. Yeah. Uh, but they go down and. Pike gets captured by these beings with big heads, they're telepathic and they can create illusions, and they've got a woman who's already there, uh, Venus, I believe. Vina. 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 Uh, we're talking about planets, I guess my mind just went to Venus. But uh, they want them to mate, essentially. They want them to mate because they have essentially ruined their own species because as soon as they learned how to do all this telepathy and living dreams and just living these fake worlds, their society went to shit because they just became obsessed with doing that and they didn't... They didn't bother maintaining sense, really. the real world. So they want them to procreate so that they'll build a new population for this planet. Adam and Eve style. Okay, sure. Uh, Pike's kind of resistant. They, they put him through a bunch of different like you know, simulated worlds. One where he's like, kind of like a night world. I mean, it's an alien night world, but whatever. Uh, you know, various things. Uh, when they, when putting them on like, romantic situations doesn't work with Vina, they, they put them in like a hell situation to try and like encourage them. You get punished for this. And he keeps resisting, and it's kind of about him realizing the anger. They can't read your mind if you're being angry and you're thinking about hate. You're thinking about hurting them yeah. because it's primitive, and they they can't compute that essentially. Uh, and meanwhile, like Spock and the 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 crew that we we don't know from the pilot because they all get changed <laughs> for the actual yeah. show, uh, or try to get to them, and this all plays out. And eventually what comes to pass is they, they eventually escape and they find out they're using illusions to trick them into thinking their lasers aren't working, but they actually are. There's a big hole where where he shot at and stuff. Yeah. So basically, this woman who was here already, Vina, she's older than she said she was and she's also disfigured. Like, when she landed, she was completely disfigured in the crash. And they fixed her up 
Uh, they didn't know what she was supposed to look like. Yeah, like like from a health point of view, she's like fixed. She's fine and yeah. healthy. But she's disfigured looking, she looks weird, and they didn't know what to make her look like. But because they have all these illusion powers, they just make her look how she wants to yeah. look, pretty much. And she wants to stay because of this. She can live a life feeling like she's normal, even if it is kind of a lie. Uh, so really what it turns out is that because of what's happened to Pike, uh, Spock's determined to get him back to this planet. So Pike can live in an illusion where he can walk again, he can speak, he can look how he looked, all that kind of thing. And that's how we, we kind of end the episode. And because Starfleet sees all this footage as well, which we didn't know when we were watching it, but it turns out they were, they... Our Spock's free, uh, no, no charges. We'll, yeah. we'll grant a one-time thing to go to Talos Fort in honour of Pike. And that's kind of mm. how we wrap it up. Uh, so I spent a good two minutes there just describing a lot of plot. Uh, but it was fairly in-depth. There was a lot, lot going on in that sense. It's ultimately because it was a pilot where they were doing so much to, to set up everything that yeah. it ended up being quite plot-heavy. Yeah, of course, in the original pilot, I'm pretty sure he doesn't stay, because as the footage ends, uh, yeah. in the, originally at the end, is he goes back to the ship, and then it's like off, and as the credits yeah, play, yeah, as, yeah. as a Star Trek episode ends. Uh, but they, they, they but they have a shot of him going in with her, as if they're now in the illusion, and he's happy with her. Uh, I'm a little conflicted on the messaging of some of this. Uh, mm. Some of it makes sense to me, some of it. Like, I get the... Uh, Living in a lie caused the downfall of the society, and that—that's—I I get that. That—that's that's, that's fine. Like you know, you yeah. have to accept truth, and you have to actually face your realities, or you know, you, th- yeah. things go bad. It makes perfect sense. Um, the idea that she and now Pike and him sort of determined to go back there so he could do this and live in the lie is a little bit murky, as well. Like, what w- what do you think that's actually getting at and saying? I actually think it's Star Trek's way of looking at euthanasia. Because it's right, okay. the, the idea that he's like, no, there's nothing more I can do. I want to end it and go to paradise, essentially, and and be on my own terms. It, it, that's kind of the way I viewed it. I, I actually, I can see what you're saying with that. That's that's interesting. Because I, I, I was thinking more, into, because... because... Because this species, because they doomed themselves by living in their fantasies rather than the real world, I was going at it from that yeah. side of it the whole time. So when they went back there and said, oh, I'm going to live now happily in this fantasy, I took that as a sort of almost betrayal to the message of the rest of the, the episode. Yeah, like now you're going to live in a fantasy. Yeah, but that's not real. And uh, yeah. But the way you've phrased that there, okay, I can kind of see, see what you mean. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I could be wrong, but that, that's just... What stood out to me is the the only way it could be a a message, positive message at least. Yeah, I I, I, th- I think like there's a lot of stuff in the pilot, in the cage, in the flashbacks on the screen where oh they send down these other you know they teleport down to other uh, women yeah. when he, when when they think you he, he won't go with Vina. So oh you know you've got a choice, pick one. And I feel like all that stuff felt a bit redundant here as well because I feel like that was setting up again character relationships that would have played out on the show yes. maybe after this episode and stuff like that. And ultimately, we just needed to get to the point where Vina was revealed to not look like she actually did. And we didn't yeah. really have to go through everything we went through to get to that, I don't think. No, which is why I said at the start, I like the, the idea of what this does in yeah. terms of how it's reusing its footage. But the execution fails at points like that because it doesn't edit down. It doesn't yeah. 
Now, I, I get why they wanted it to be two episodes, because a big reason for this episode at all was because they were falling behind schedule, and this was a, an easy way to get two episodes out and already have most of it done. And all the new footage, other than, I guess, Pike and his like makeup, there's like no special effects involved. Yeah. Like, all of that's in the cage stuff. So I get why they wanted to do that, but really I think they were pushing it by having this be two episodes. I agree. But I do think they'd have struggled to get down to one as well. To an extent, I feel like it's hard to talk about that because I feel like Star Trek's pacing is so old school and uh, lax compared to modern shows anyway that, to me, you can cut this down to one. It would just feel a bit faster paced compared to the other Star Trek Well, yeah, that's I mean. It would feel yeah. rushed for Star Trek. It would yeah. feel fine by a modern show, I'm sure. Yeah, but it, it was just it was stuff like that where I'm like, well, this doesn't really matter in the, in the context of this two-part episode. It only matters if this was the pilot. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, absolutely. So, so because of that, it did feel like... It, and again, it was especially the second half where it really started to feel like, oh, we're just playing the whole episode here. With yeah. the, occasionally pausing, but that's essentially what's happening in the second chunk. Pretty much. And that that really dragged that down a little bit for me. So oh, in the end, there was stuff I liked, especially in the first half. I liked the... The relationship, I, I liked the, throughout the whole thing, like Spock asking Kirk oh. to just trust him mm. and that kind of stuff. And at the end, like Kirk sort of like accusing Spock, you know, he has a sort of little joke where he's like, Spock, we need to talk about these like recent emotional like outbursts or whatever you've been having. Like, yeah. we need to talk about this. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Captain. I've acted completely logically this whole time. And as he leaves, like, Kirk just gives a little smirk and it's, I, I appreciate it what it's done for them on a character level, and again with McCoy and him sticking up for Spock, like building that friendship and the little bits of that yeah. in throughout. I really like. I just, I it just it plays too much of the cage. There's too much it of it. It does play too much of it. Uh, it plays pretty much the whole thing, from what I remember. I mean, I'm assuming there's some cuts. Like if I went back and watched it, I'm sure I'd spot some extra stuff that wasn't there. But it feels like they played the whole thing, and it shouldn't do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. There you go. That's that's kind of where I'm coming at in this one. But you you seem to enjoy it a bit more than I did. Well, I think it's been. Uh, I only seen the the cage once before. Uh, before. I mean, I guess like a long time ago, and it, it definitely does drag in that second half. I just, I guess, I, I don't mind it as much because it's like, well, I know why this is here, and yeah, it feels like it should have been edited down. But how do they do that without going down to two episodes? Without going down to one episode, and it's like it's it's a lose lose situation on their part. Yeah, I feel like maybe you could uh, you could have written something more for the present day stuff in the second half. Like, yeah, ha- have more of a good reason to pause it and have them have a debate of some kind. That would have helped. Or, or even at the end, just when like, do we let him go down there? Like, do we agree that this is like have that debate? Have someone be there? I mean, it turns out the the Commodore's an illusion, but if there was someone there who was like, no, we shouldn't let him go down here. This is well, even if you use Kirk for that angle and have mm. Spock to go, obviously because Spock's pro him going down. Yeah. So that that could have worked better. And given that Kirk is the human and Spock's the more logic based life form, that might actually make for an interesting swerve of the like sides. Like you would expect it to be the other way around. Yeah. Maybe that could have been interesting. Maybe that maybe that's too hard to write because you expect. Well, no, actually, I don't know. I think in that sense, Spock's logic is this is what the man wants, and this is what he you know what's good for him so let's mm. do that and kirk's there clinging on to what he knows and this is what again playing into the the euthanasia angle that, we, that i've mentioned before as in like he's like no this is life this is sacred this is how it should be even yeah. if it is 
unfortunate how it's ended up for him. This is where he is, and it should be that way. So it could have been an interesting debate through that angle. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they could have had more of that at least at the, at the end yeah. of the second one. To and then as a result, cut down to the footage of the cage, which was too yeah. much. Because I don't think. Because in reality, I don't think you needed anywhere near as much of him going to different fantasies, like to make the point. Like, yeah, one or two wasn't enough. Because we get the idea that they can make things with their mind and. Because, like I say, ultimately it's just a case of she's happy here because she would be disfigured and looked at differently if she went back to civilization. That yeah. that's the point it needs to make, and it just it takes so long to get there. And I don't know if we needed all that, but yeah, there you go. That's the menagerie parts one and two. So, uh, kind of mixed bag for me, but I, mm. I at least appreciate parts of it, and I understand why it's here at the very least. So. Uh, inventive way to try and keep the schedule when you're running behind on everything else. Uh, it's better than an actual clip show that a lot of sitcoms used to do. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they, they're insanely annoying. Like, I would literally just rather take a week off than give them a clip show. Yeah, me too. Pointless. Because when you see when you're watching later, you're binging it on Netflix or whatever, and let's say you're watching Friends and it gets to a clip episode, it's like, this is pointless. I've been binging it. This, I, I watched through all of this. Like... Yeah. Recently. Probably a week ago. Yeah. But the annoying thing is you can't just take them away because you have the little like bookends at the start and end that maybe have a point. Exactly. And it's like, oh, it's so annoying. Just take the week off. Because then what's doubly annoying about it is it's not only is it you've got a clip episode that you've got to sit through, it's actually a waste of an episode because instead of taking a week off where they could have gone, right, let's take the week off and then shoot an actual episode, You've just wasted one of your twenty-two or whatever you've got. Hey, I'm not even saying just take it. I'm saying lose, lose, lose the number. Lose the lose the number. Just lose oh, the number. Okay. I'd rather I'd rather go to twenty-one episodes and not have a clip show. Well, yeah, I would too. Because later when you're binge watching or, or you're, you know, like it's it's it was kind of worked when it was on week to week, and maybe you've not seen a lot of these episodes in a long time, and it's yeah, like, it could oh, have been years. Memories coming in. But, like I say, you're binge-watching something, or, and when I say binge-watching, I don't even necessarily mean quickly, like, I'm saying, like, maybe you watch a season in a week, so you're watching a season a week, say, of a sitcom, yeah. you get to, like, season four or five, and they have their first clip show, and it's like, I watched all these in the last few weeks, like, stop yeah. it, it's stupid. I do think, obviously, they're, they're becoming less prevalent, more, like, these days. Oh, no, no one accepts them anymore, because everyone's yeah, exactly. like, this, this is bullshit, you're just reusing footage, stop it. <laughs> Exactly, and I, I think that is probably because of streaming and binge watching of th- that that culture that's come up. Probably, that makes so. sense. So I applaud it for at least doing something a bit more. Because obviously, it, it tried. It's, it's, that, that, that's all you can give it. Because we're in a different situation. We watched this for the first time on Blu-rays, DVD, whatever. Where they they annoyingly put the like the, the pilot will be there. Actually, no. Actually, the Blu-ray isn't the Blu-ray. It's on the season three set, but the on Netflix they put the cage first. Yeah. And it's really annoying because anyone who goes to watch Star Trek for the first time, they think, oh, I'm going to watch this. And it's, uh, but, hey, uh, which is really annoying because you get to the menagerie and it's like, wait a minute, I watched this. I saw this 12 episodes ago. Yeah. And you're playing the whole thing almost entirely. Yeah. Stop it. (laughs) It's it's annoying. But for people watching on air in the 60s when this hit, they never seen any of this. So at the very least, it was all... Yeah, so yeah. we can criticise the issues of you didn't need to show so much and that drags the pacing. It does, yeah. But but you can't criticise rewatching. Yeah, exactly. So, 
There you go, that's the Menagerie. Uh, let us know what you thought of this episode in the comments below. Like and subscribe and all that stuff. Helps us out a lot. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Individual Twitters are on the screen for general everyday ramblings. We'll be back next weekend with the next episode of Star Trek on Already Cancelled. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you next time.